Hello and welcome to a special edition of The Wheelhouse with Kate and Joel. Uh, Joel is not with me though. I am flying solo today. He is out riding his bike or something. Now with the Wollongong World Championships diving toward us, we're not far out now. We have the absolute pleasure of having Cadell Evans in the house. He's coming to the Wheelhouse Bunker uh, to have a bit of a chat. Now, of course, Cadell Evans is Australia's only winner of the Tour de France. He's also the only Australian winner of the coveted rainbow jersey that you get for being world champion on the road. He's also an ambassador for the event. Not too far away. Cadell, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolute pleasure to have you. How are you? Very well. Thanks, Kate. Thanks for having me today. And thanks for having me on along today. And yes, we're coming up to the world. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, I believe you are at home now uh, in Switzerland, but you'll be getting on a plane to head down under soon. Absolutely. Yep. Just last couple of days here, um, home away from home. I'm still based in Europe for this last, uh, for this since I've stopped racing. But um, no, I'm on the fly, on, on the plane in two or three days. So um, looking forward to coming out to Australia, of course, because I haven't been out since May, and of course we don't get to travel as much as we used to. So I'm missing being in Australia just for that. But of course for international cycling to come back to Australia and, and for all the, all the races to start again. I'm really looking forward to that. And the, the, I think the world's in Wollongong is going to be, um, I'm guessing, going to be very, very well accepted um, and um, welcomed by, by all fans of cycling and, and sport in Australia. Yeah, I think you are spot on about that. Uh, now, before we dive into your world championship win, um, Cadell, the last one that was in Australia in 2010 in Geelong, that was a home world championship for you, not just by country, but um, of course, Geelong being uh, very familiar to you, uh, the streets which you spent so many uh, years of your life. What's it like for an Aussie with the national jersey on racing at a home world championships? Um, well, I think everyone takes it a little bit differently. I was having this discussion with some AFL guys last time I was in Australia where um, as a bike rider, we're... We never, we very rarely have home games, like soccer, football. They they like playing at home. They don't like playing away. Whereas as professional cyclists, we're almost nearly always away. So in my career, I had <clears throat> a mountain bike world championships in Australia, a road world championships in Australian Olympic games. Um, in twenty years of racing around the world, so so I I personally I found it a bit strange. While I like to race in Australia and be home. And, I found it a bit, I found it a bit different because I, 95% of my racing probably in my career of the international level races have been done overseas. So I found it a bit, or familiar yet unfamiliar. It was it was kind of strange. I think in the case of this World Championships, there's going to be um, it's the return of the international cycling coming back to Australia, um, and I'm thinking like I'm looking when you say well, home World Championships, and I'm thinking 2010. Bling won the under twenty three road race in Geelong. He's gonna be, he's gonna be our, our guy in Wollongong. He's gonna love to be racing at home. He's gonna love being back, and he's gonna he's gonna be lifted by that. <clears throat> yeah, and he's from Canberra, so that's not too far from Wollongong. I mean, in in the greatest scheme of things, and I only got one big event in my career, Cadell. It was the two thousand and six Commonwealth Games. Was the only really big international event. Uh, I got to race at home and I understand what you say, like it's so wonderful, but it's familiar, unfamiliar. It is a little bit strange having such an Aussie crowd. Uh, now, before talking to you today, I thought, I know Cadell's the only Aussie to have ever won the World Championship jersey, but it just seems phenomenal that it took 90 years 
in the history um, of the event that started in 1927 for an Aussie to win. Since then, uh, it so it took 83 years before we even got a medal, and that was with Robbie McEwen. But since your win in 2009, we've then gone on to win five more medals. I feel like there's a bit of a Cadell Evans effect uh, going on here. Um, but just tell me, what did it mean to you to cross the line in Mendricio, which is almost a home world championships for you in Europe? What did that feel like? Um, I was very, very elated, to be honest. <laughs> That's a good question. I, I'd have to say it was um, the, riding the last kilometre of that, probably last, I think it was 2.5 or 3, the last, the top of the last climb to the finish, and I was solo and I had a bit of a gap. I didn't know how much of a gap I had, though, because uh, we had race radios then, but radios never work in the cities anyway, in the, on the city circuits anyway. But um, I couldn't believe it was happening. Honestly, that was my feeling. I just couldn't believe I was there. I didn't know if I was in the middle of a dream or, or riding my bike. And um, that was sort of probably the best way I could describe the feeling. Um, and particularly that year was a real year for me of um, oh, my, my trade team had lost complete faith in me because uh, I was second at the tour the year before. To, and um, so they'd lost complete faith in me and um, already and it wasn't like the, the Aussie team didn't back me very much for that race and um, and so I, I, I'm sort of I suppose I'm just glad I kept backing myself because because um, it was uh, obviously a, um, I don't know if it was a pivotal point in my career but it certainly is, is certainly a highlight of my career and um, really set set things for the next few years thereafter. Yeah, it's so interesting hearing you chat about it. You know, I remember watching and from my perspective, it was the first time, Cadell, that I had remembered you being so aggressive and so tenacious in a race. And when you describe how the team had lost faith in you and perhaps even the Australian team, I feel as though you really had a point to prove uh, because you rode out of your skin that day. It was a Cadell that we'd never seen. And it, it seems like mm. that paved the way for then your victories to come after that. No, no, I don't. I, I don't feel that way. I, I, I took the approach in the race, and like I, <clears throat> I'm actually I'm just about to go and do some errands, and I'll probably drive across the finish line today. Um, I've got to get some handlebar tape in the bike shop, among other things. Um, but but it's, it's on the way. So like I know that I know the roads, I know the area, I knew the worlds. But I was thinking about this for like one or two years, and it was always in my mind that it was a it was going to be something I really focused on for for the season and that's why I went and rode the Vuelta that year and um and um but I you know I, I took the same approach and um but in the in the background behind all this like I, I see the image you have there of, of me riding up the last climb it's called La Terracha I, I remember I was running 7.8 watts per kilogram 53 16 or something up this climb which I I can't ride the big chain ring up. If you saw this climb, you'd never think anyone could. Um, <laughs> I, I was having, I was just having one of those moments of my of my career right at the right time. Um, <clears throat> but behind that, like, oh, between my team and the issues in the team, and I just had so much rubbish going on in my life. It was just ridiculous. And here I am. Oh, I've you know, been trying to like focus on this race for pretty much a year at least. Um, to really do my best um and then all of a sudden the window of opportunity came and it was at um Kolobnev and Rodriguez were looking at each other and they left a sort of meter gap and I thought oh, I wouldn't be doing that if I were you and of course I gave it everything to the finish there and and um but it was just um oh I just I just had a a period of probably since the 2008 tour until until that race where um 
no one, no, not many people believed in me anymore. And um, so the opportunities just get less and less. And that's where when, when your team don't believe in you, they don't give you time to go away and train and prepare for the races. And But um, go away and train and prepare for the races. But they still expect me to be on the podium at the tour, for example. Um, these kind of these kind of expectations. I was just in this situation, which was um, no, wasn't 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 the best moment of my career. But uh, rainbow jerseys, like you know, to everyone who doesn't believe in me, well, here's yeah. a rainbow jersey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's um. A what are you saying big... about what, yeah. what sort of shit rider am I? Oh, really? I like this is the this is the insults you get from them. What happened to you? You're a good bike rider or whatever. It's like, oh, here's a new title. Am I still a good I, bad rider? Or still a bad I, bike rider? I can't <laughs> think of a better kind of up you to the non believers Cadell than doing that I mean if we take Uh, it was pretty effective if I if I if I can say that yes well you mentioned Michael Matthews winning in Geelong before the Aussie team's essentially been built around him uh, for this course there's a couple of elements to this I want to ask you about Caleb Ewan's non-selection but before that I want to ask do you think the Aussies are all in for Michael Matthews is that why they've built the team how they do and what does that look like on race day to be all in for a leader like that if, if you want to win you you're going to be much better off being all in for one that's for sure um and in in the, in in bling's case i think that's a that's a good choice um in regards to caleb not coming to the to the or not being selected i, I haven't ridden the wollongong course I, I trained in wollongong but like last century so I haven't, I haven't ridden in the roads there for more than 20 years so I don't remember them all very well but I'm really really interested to go and look at them what I what I see on paper and I was in Australia I've only been back to Australia once since the worlds were announced so so I, I didn't have a chance to go and have a good look at it as, as I would have liked to have but but um a lot of the selections are really a bit built around climbers but I see on on paper what I see on paper for the worlds is a race that looks harder on paper than it might than it will actually be on race day, um, but I, I like I said I want to go and ride the course and 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 see the climb. But it's it's not just like people look at the climb, but you have to look at the descents, the ability for a rider like Caleb to come back and rejoin the group. How many um, disposable teammates are teams like France or Italy or or um, Australia going to have left to bring a, a sprinter back or or break up the race to make a selection. And, you know, you have to look at all these things and, and, and evaluate them, not just look at, oh, there's a hill in the race or therefore a climber will win. Yes, well, I mean, it starts from Helensburg down over the Seacliff Bridge and it's a beautiful start to the race, uh, albeit down the hill. Mm. Mount Kira will... Um, hurt a few legs, but it's so early in the race and it's certainly Matt Pleasant that throws a bit of a thing out. Uh, we chatted to Brad McGee about uh, the selection because it was pretty contentious here in Australia. I've got to tell you, every man and his oh. dog had an opinion. Now, Brad reckons, Cadell, he would have chosen Caleb just in case, just in case it was, like you say, harder on uh, paper than it was in practice. Do you think they made the right decision by not even not considering um, a mass sprint or a big bunch sprint for the likes of someone like Caleb. Oh, I'm guessing that. Oh, I hope they carefully consider, they considered it very carefully because if it comes down to a bunch sprint and we don't have someone there or, or we don't have a guy who can come in, or there are pure sprinters there, obviously it's going to be a lot harder for someone like like Bling to 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 compete against those guys. I'm sure they thought thought long and hard about it. In the past, years gone by, and so like I go back to 
Stuart came to Beijing with us in um, 2008 for, for the reason in case it's a conservative race, in case a group can make it to the finish line. Um, and that's, um, you know, that, that, and then in the years gone by, we've taken someone with a faster finish in case that happens. Um, one thing, um, well, actually my first pro world championships was, uh, 2001 in, um, Lisbon and it was 4,000 something meters of climbing. And everyone was talking about how that's a, the same amount of climbing as a mountain stage of the Tour de France. And, uh, but, um, <clears throat> there was a bit of strange racing by the Italians in particular that year because the course was so hard all the all the teams rode quite conservatively a okay to go I I had Caleb's uh sorry Caleb Zabel's wheel <laughs> I got pushed off same, it pretty quickly. they're similar size <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. Eric, Eric's, 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 um, Eric's very short. Caleb's really, oh. really, really <laughs> pocket, so, po <laughs> pocket size. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's the right way to describe it, but yeah. Um, but um, but and and then Oscar Frere won. I think Zabel was second, and um, but that's like a. That was a climber's course, apparently, and that. But that's just that's just what happens at the worlds because it's uh, it's a different race, different teams. It's at the end of the season. There, it's going to be a little bit different with the riders who raced in Canada, coming from Montreal. Some are coming from Europe, but they're all coming with not as much racing close by. So already there, the preparation by the riders is a bit different. But most of all, you're going in with national teams. Um, Sometimes you go we, like as as Aussies especially, Italy. I, I have a habit of um, having racing with the national team in a pro race before uh, European Championships or something. Of course, for us being Australians, it's a bit more difficult to organise. But you, your guy at a race a week or two before was your your teammate was your competitor, or your competitor two weeks before is now your teammate and your main guy to take you to help you win or something. It's it's really bizarre that. Um, and so that whole dynamic has a, has an effect on um, has a, has an effect on the way the race races uh, run as well. Well, it's beautiful to see uh, one of your small humans come in, kiddo. Yes, little, little gorgeous. Little Blake's little Blake's come to say hello to us today. Excuse me. Well, hello, little Blake. Uh, I'm wondering, are you getting the handlebar tape for Blake's balance bike or <laughs> for your hasn't own race? Hasn't, hasn't, hasn't worn it out yet. Um, no. but, um, <clears throat> oh, I love that. Um, yeah, just hanging out with a family, Cadell. I think it's just fantastic. Uh, what retirements look like for you. Um, to touch on the strategy, a couple of years ago, um, a lot of the talk ahead of world championships for the men's Spanish team in particular and the Dutch women's team was that they so often went in uh, with a number of riders who should be able to pull off a victory, but somehow they stuffed it up and somehow they went away disappointed and people were just scratching their heads at how can that happen when you've got so much talent in the team? Surely that is all about cohesion, exactly what you're talking about. Uh, so then I'll go back to last year, Kiddell, where post-race, uh, the Belgians had a little bit of a, a public fallout saying that Remco Evenepoel, who of course has just won the Vuelta, he wasn't all in for Team Belgium. He didn't do for Van Aert what he was supposed to do. Uh, a lot of criticism around it. Van Aert comes in as a favourite. Is Evenepoel going to do the job for him? Should he do the job for him? 
is is Remco kind of going to do the job? Um, I ask the same things, and that's always been um, uh, been an issue. And, and sometimes it happens in a professional team, but I think it happens more in the trade teams, uh, in the national teams, because. Um, like I said, so um, Van der Poel was riding the Vuelta. He won that. Uh, Van Ertz in Canada, he ran second um, to to Pogacar, which is interesting, um, going towards the world. Um, but then the Lotto Jumbo, uh, Quickstep, Jumbo's a Dutch team. Quickstep's a Belgian team. Quickstep's going to be closer to the national team. Do they like each other? Would Remco, what it comes down to mostly is a bit egos and this is where it comes down to the individuals and Van Ert doesn't, to me, doesn't come across this way at all. But in my mind, Van Ert's the guy to, the guy to beat if you want to win there in Wollongong. Yeah. Um, does Remco, is that Remco absolutely do anything to see Van Ert in, in a rainbow jersey? Uh, that's that's I don't know Remco personally, but um, that's, that's I think it normally comes down to that. Oh, and the no, politics that's just are egos, real, right? Yeah. Um, and then well, oh, then the politics is more the uh, Lefebvre and the team and the national team and, and Quick Steps are real. It's a it's a Belgian team with, related to the not related to, but of course Belgian Federation, Belgian national team, Belgian pro team. They're they're, they're very close. House, Whereas yeah, yeah, racing for Lotto Jumbo, I know it's done great. It's an incredible team. Obviously it's working well for him. Um but yeah, of course he goes there he goes there as a Lotto Jumbo rider surrounded by Quickstep Lotto Lotto Sudal oh. teammates. Um yeah and that's that be that, a race within a making in, in a race but almost. Yeah, but every every team's the same in that whether it's Spain, Australia, or or, or, or England's slightly different because most of the riders are Ineos, so they maybe they're racing in Canada t- together as teammates in Ineos, but then they go some of the same teammates team or riders are there, but they're teammates on the on the GB team, so so for them it, yeah. it works better. Well, and and they've got a few guys on the team uh, who could make an impact. Fred Wright, I like to call him Wright said Fred. Uh, He's one of my favourites in the bunch at the moment. Uh, If he's on form, he's got a bit of tenacity and he's got a bit of uh, cranky after Roglic's uh, attempt to decredit him or accusation. Uh, But looking broadly at at the uh, favourites, the men's, I think you've mentioned uh, the biggest names that people would look at. Uh, is there anybody outside of Van Aert, Pogacar perhaps, uh, maybe a Smokey with Wright said Fred Wright? Uh, who else are we looking at in the men's race? Oh, I think Wright said, Wright said Fred, great. That's a great name. Um, Wright said Fred's a good name. But um, when I first looked at the, started looking close at the course a few months ago, Hello. I was thinking, oh, a good Mads Peterson could make this and he wins yes. three stages at the Walter and then he's not coming. It's like, that's a bit disappointing. It is. I don't think it'll be less of a competition. Um, The women as well, Amanda Spratt's first ever World Championships was in Geelong. It feels quite uh, fitting for her to be back. Uh, The women don't have nearly... It's okay, Blake is such a gorgeous little chicken. Uh, Certainly the women don't have uh, quite as many climbs as the men have to challenge. Um, But it's a similar kind of race and strategy that we'd be expecting, isn't it, for the women? Yeah, I think, like, this is where I really, I want to see, because the descent is really fast from the Mount Pleasant climb, correct? Yes, it is. Yep. And, you know, that's what I'm really interested to, how much it can and rejoin um, 
after after it splits on the climb and and then yeah are we gonna is it gonna be in the women's where it's not it's not like we're gonna have a thin field at the men's just there's there's some who we expect to be there that won't be there which 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 isn't normal i don't know if it's gonna if that applies so much in 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 the women's race um but then on the other side like we don't have Valverde, but they take one more guy to work for someone else. Does that mean it's going to be more organised, like or a more uh, a more predictable race because the the teams have more more guys to sacrifice rather than going there with two or three leaders? Um, and then in, you know, is that going to apply to the to the women's as well, or is it going to be because the women's, especially with a climb like this at the end, is going to normally it's, it's it's one one on one normally in the final. Yeah, great for the fans. Maybe not great for the uh, riders' legs at that stage of the race. Um, before you go and get your uh, handlebar tape and uh, make sure that uh, Blake doesn't take all your folders out of the cupboard. I've had that happen to me. Uh, Cadell, very industrious uh, little fella, is... Um, Please don't need any batteries. <laughs> no, no batteries. We'll stay away from those. Uh, I just wanted to ask you uh, before we go, Richie Port has just retired. Um, I just love your thoughts on that he's had a sensational career almost following in your footsteps he came to BMC just after uh, you'd hung it up he'd nearly got to the top step uh, of the Tour de France he's certainly left a legacy in the sport hasn't he yeah Richie um funny um I first met Richie I think it was two days before the 2009 World Championships. He was he was reserved for the team, and Shane Bannon introduced us and and said Richie and I can't remember he was racing in a team in Italy, and uh, oh X triathlete he'd won I can't remember how many races he'd won that year, but I was like, well, that's that's a lot, and um, and and that was my first impression of Richie, and then he went on to be oh, such a such a salt when he needs to do a good time trial, especially in the week long stage races, Paris, Tour of Romandia. Catalonia, these races, he was just, he was really just, just incredible. And he, well, he did one year in there, made, made the second step of the, the, the um, podium in the tour. He couldn't sort of keep it together for three weeks. Unfortunately, it was his bit, his sort of between him and, and, and being a regular, regular, regular um, podium contender at the tour. Otherwise he had all the ingredients necessary. Um, gave it a yeah, good I, I see these. Yeah, he certainly certainly gave it a good go, and well, he was alongside Chris Froome and Brad Wiggins for all their all their top step of the podiums. Um, but it's yeah, it's sort of the end of an era. I'm glad um, I'm glad I'm glad Jai's Jai's stepped up and um, take taken the place, and uh, and now I, I suppose um, if if Ben if Ben and Ben O'Connor and and Jack can um, just just Avoid, 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 avoid the mishaps in in the tour before that before it gets serious. We'll um, we'll they'll they'll step in to fill Richie's place hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of talent in the pipeline, and um, another one to join us on the retirement bench, Cadell. It's getting pretty busy, <laughs> I've got to say. Uh, but look, I look oh, forward I, to I, uh, catching up with you in Wollongong. Thanks so much for your time and for joining us. Thanks very much for having me. Excuse the little interruptions here. It's, um, Not at all. My... No, thanks very much for having me. I can't wait to come out to to Australia, of course, and the worlds, and for everyone. Oh, I think I hope it's just a 
a big kickstart again for international cycling back in Australia. And of course, we have the Worlds in September, Tour Down Under, and the Great Ocean Road Race in January. It's going to be a whole You're back. international Your race cycling is back. back in Australia. Yes. Yep. Our race is back. My race is back. Our race. All the races are back, and um, it's going to be an amazing Worlds. And I think it's going to be like like or like you said before. Um, as a rider, it's very hard to predict and plan your race and do strategy, so it's difficult. But for us as spectators on the sideline, we're going to have a very unpredictable and interesting, exciting race to watch. Races exactly. To watch. It'll be spectacular, Cadell. I know everybody's looking forward to seeing you. Uh, so we will see you in Wollongong. And thank you very much for joining us for this special edition of the Wheelhouse with Kate and almost Joel, who's out on the bike. And we'll see you soon. See you, Kate. Thank you. Thank you.